Yes! Welcome back to Go Deep the Podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we have an opinion like we have a clue. Thank you for coming back. And here's your host, John Nothing Doe. Another sunny day is happening right now. Well, we're in the city of Toronto, just in case you aren't aware where we're out of. This is Go Deep Productions. We are a member of Go Deep the Podcast, or vice versa. We have a very special guest on the show, uh, someone I've been very lucky to connect with and connect through other people that I've been fortunate enough to connect through LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a very good site for a lot of people that are looking for people that connect on a professional level. I would definitely go there. And I'm not getting paid to say this. I'm just telling you how I feel. Anyways, on today's show, we have Glenda Kroll. How are you? Oh, I'm excited and I'm fabulous. Thank you very much for asking. No problem. I'm very excited. So like I was saying a minute ago, I got introduced to you through a mutual contact um, for the Gudu Alliance, they're Frank. Wonder what what a wonderful individual just to start off the show with. Oh yeah, I love him. Uh, if you ha- if you don't know who he is, he's on one of my past episodes. You really need to sit down and listen to him. He's also on LinkedIn. You can find him. Uh, very interesting character to say the very least, and caring and uh, extremely caring. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like blows me away of how kind, considerate, and he's putting himself out there for for the young people of today, which means it's our, for our tomorrow. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. He's, he's definitely changing the world. And if you listen to his story, you'll understand exactly what we're talking about. But today's show is about you, Glenda. And there's a lot of very interesting aspects to you. And, you know, the more I've sat here and talked to you, I'm becoming, uh, uh very aware of just how interesting, interesting you are as a person and and what you're doing and what you're providing a service, right? So like, you know, a lot of people, they read self-help books, right? Like I'm a big Bob Prockner fan and uh, he talks about like, you know, the service, you don't work for money, you work for service. And as I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize this to be truer than anything else I've ever experienced in this world. Through saying that, you kind of are living that life and you're kind of giving that inspiration the same way that he does it, just in a different way. And you know, we're going to start right off in the questions there, Glenda. So what is a life coach and how do you become certified in becoming a life coach? Well, you know, life coach has a lot of different meanings. And really what it has all been for me is guiding people through their lives. You know, we life isn't something that just goes like you're going on a road and you're going straight. Life is, is about going up the hills and down the coasts and through all that you're going to have some bumps you might have some holes and it's not about the fact that if you fall into the holes but it's more or less is how you deal when you fall in do you fall into that hole and stay down or do you fall into that hole and you start to look at hmm well you know what this might be an opportunity for me how am I going to get out of this how do I move forward in getting out of it so life coaching is taking you from your knockdowns to your knock-ups or, or to your glamour, your, 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 the sky that shines. And I have lived this, and I teach people from where I've come from. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are life coaches, and they might be in their 20s and 30s, and yes, they might think that they have gone through a lot in life. And, and this isn't nothing of disrespect by any means, but I'm now at the young age of, of 64. Very young. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And I love it because, you know, when I hear people telling me that they're old, it breaks my heart because I'm more vital today than I've ever been. I'm active. I, I believe in, in body and building yourself. I've, I've had some major knockdown. A, a year ago, I had a, a situation that happened to me, and I, I broke my pelvis, and I broke my, my sacrum and my back, and I was told it was going to take me forever to get back on and maybe an operation. And, and I said, no, I, I, I'll get there. Don't worry about me. And I didn't have help. I didn't have a doctor. And um, within four months, I was back on my feet and walking. And now wow. I'm back up to, to my usual. I'm a, I'm a speed walker. But I, I believe it's all in your mind and in your head. And so, you know what? Like for me, my biggest knockdowns have actually been my my biggest uh, ahas and my best things that has happened to me and from all of this is how I teach because I teach first of all with a very big heart and with so much gratitude in my heart and in in everything I am and that comes from very different reasons you know we'll get into it I have two special needs brothers and you know um being the youngest of four and watching people that can't do what the normal or what we call normal sorry i don't mean to use the term but there's no other way of really differentiating. well i think society sets up that that divide if you will so i think it's a a great way to kind of explain it so you know it, it was them that taught me the special powers of human beings the kindness the understanding and not everybody like we all have special things like and i found that even with my brothers through the years how they had their own special things that taught me so much and why i am the person i am today i believe is from them from my parents you know a lot of things things that i didn't like but I knew what felt good, and I knew what didn't feel good. And I believed when something felt good, that was my key, even as a young child, to say, that's the way I want to be. That's what I'm going to focus on, not another way. And we can be more specific in a little bit, but it's, you know, being grateful means it changes your whole outlook in life. It changes you into being grateful for the relationship, like meeting you today. Yes, I'm very excited about this meeting. Well, like just, you know, talking to people of like-minded, being able to put myself out there because I want to be able to teach people to live a life of of empowerment, of, of changing their life circumstances, of just because you get knocked down doesn't mean to say that you stay down. You're kind of saying that those are usually your defining moments in life. Those are the strong points that help you identify not only your passions but how you're going to strive to get better and how you're not going to relive that lapse I guess in a sense well here's the thing when you don't look at it the right way it's like going through a relationship and the relationship breaks off and then you maybe go through which I've done (laughs) and you go through all the struggle and everything and if you don't take time to learn from that as most the same thing whether it's your business whether it's anything if you don't sit back and look at all the things that have happened, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you're not going to learn, and you're not going to make that shift that you need to learn and make. You see, if you're in a business and your business goes under, before you get into a new business and you decide that, as I know somebody that I know went into a business 
failed. And instead of making that shift and learning from it, they turned around and opened up another business. Well, hello, guess what? The business didn't go. Yeah. So if you don't start making shifts into your into your mindset, your personality, the way you perceive things, and how you live your life, if you don't learn what it is that doesn't work for you, you're never going to figure out what does work for you. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. So let's talk about you and how you found out that this is your life path, right? Because that's really what it breaks down to. Like, you know, you've gone through all these different experiences that we did talk about off air. Um, We don't have to necessarily go into them, but I mean, whatever you feel comfortable. So you're growing up as a child and you're, you're deciding, okay, well, I want to feel the positive energy. I don't want to, you know, jump into whatever the societal norm is right now, where this is negative, even though it really shouldn't be a negative thing. It should be a positive thing and vice versa. What helped you get to where you are today to decide that you are going to be a life coach and mm-hmm. give service? Oh, well, that's a huge question because it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge journey. You know, like I told you, um, you know, I'm not 24 anymore, um, but in some ways I am. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's just still this little uh, evilness in yes. me and I love, you know. That's healthy, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How did I decide? Okay, so part of my journey was, um, you know, and it wasn't too late. So I grew up, like I said, with two special needs brothers. Now, my dad, my parents were very hardworking people. They had... St- stores they had drapery stores in toronto and they worked you know night and day and you know so we were also very much um my mother was a working mother my dad was working and at the nights he wasn't home till late a lot of times because it was a service industry so you know as being my sister and i we had to do a lot of things around the house yeah you know every night you come home and you know, didn't matter how old I was, you had to start making dinner and get things prepared. And my mother always put a lot of a bubble around my brothers. Let me just step back for a second. My dad was also a very happy person. He always had a smile and a joke. And when we were young, I was, him and I clashed. Okay. Because um, I was the instigator. So when, you know, I wasn't the easy child in the household. And, you know, and I want to also categorize because part of my calling, I believe, and I've started learning a lot more lately because of what I have been through that I feel I need to put it out there to people. Siblings with that are living in a home with um, special needs, they're the siblings are referred to through the medical uh, world as being the lost child or the glass child. And the reason is, is because the siblings that are not the special needs siblings are really overseen. They're not looked upon as closely because, you know, they don't have the needs. Like, my parents never thought I needed a lot. Oh, you know, Glenda's strong. Glenda can do. Glenda's a goer. Glenda's, you know, so I wasn't... It, I'm not telling you I wasn't loved. I definitely was loved, but I didn't have the same needs that my family did. Yeah. And unfortunately, my mom, because of all the difficulties through years, turned into being more of a negative person and looked at things on a very negative side. Do you think it was just because she was tired mentally and physically? Well, you see, I didn't realize a lot of this until I got older. (laughs) When you get older and you get through it, and at that point in time, when my mom finally ended up passing away, and I 
actually t- stepped into everybody's, into all the modes of being mom, dad, protector, power of attorney, um, financial investor, all the rest for my family, for my brothers, is when I started really looking at life. And also when I became a parent, because when you become a parent, it's really easy to sit there and judge everybody else. But yeah. until you step into those shoes, excuse me, but you don't know what the fuck is happening in your life. Well said. Right? Yeah, I agree with you. It's just part of life. And, um, you know, it's, it wasn't until later. But what I recognized when I referred to it earlier, that I loved the fact that my dad was happy. And he, he and I, I did know this, as this is a young child thinking of, wow, he just brought people in. Everybody loved him. Everybody, you know, there was nothing. And, and, and you know, as my mother, as years went on, she got more, you know, freaked out about things and and I saw a lot of negative and I saw a lot more negative happening because I believe that when you are happy and and good spirited you create different energies sure which I didn't realize at that time either but it was you know there was just like I I liked being my dad I love having his energy I love you know and as a child for some strange reason I just said I I want to be just like my dad I want to be happy and I want to be smiling and I want to be I want to be just like him. I don't want to be like like my mom. But yeah. and she does. Ha, she had a lot of phenomenal character or a lot of traits that are inside of me because obviously I'm their child. Yeah. But you know, and it, it wasn't like I said till later that I realized all that. But through the journey of doing that, through the journey of going through um, unfortunately two divorces because I didn't learn enough from the first time that I went through and you would have thought because that was a, a huge struggle that I went through, and we can talk about that in a little bit, um, with two young, very young children. My kids were uh, four and six, and being a stay-at-home mom at the time, you know, that was a really hard time in my life. And then getting out of that, and finally being able to get through all of that, and crazy enough, I got through, and I soared again. And then finding myself in another relationship and in another different type of business. I've been in many different businesses with many different type of people. And all of these things has allowed me to see different characters, see different um, personalities and connect off on so many different levels because of the levels that I have been put into for great reasons. Like I've had an incredible business life as well from starting as a paralegal to turning around and opening stores um, for a large company in Canada, traveling all across Canada, opening stores, training staff, to working with one of the largest corporate corporations, Shell Canada, and doing all the real estate, running the entire real estate department in Ontario markets, to running an import-export business, to... When, when do you get the chance to sleep? I'm just wondering. <laughs> Well, and it's the days I traveled was, yeah, yeah, it, it was late nights, early mornings of catching flights. It was crazy. But you see, all these things entice me to keep going. And that's how I am, the person I am. It's because of these experiences. It's because of how I've learned, because of what I've been able to touch in my life, the people I've touched. So uh, uh, it, it's such a realm of experience. And, and I sit back and I look at my, my line my, you know, of just my business, never mind my life. Yeah. And I am so amazed that I'm at this age, it's like, wow. 
and I amaze myself. But here's what I and I as what I teach people. Instead of looking back at your life, and yeah, I've screwed up, and yeah, I've failed, and wow, I can tell you stories of sorry of, of failures that have. I can write books of those, but I don't look at it as my failures. I look at everything as I start back, and this has been my what I teach now through my life coaching and also reinventing portion of your life, or should we don't say just reinventing, but expanding your life. I look at what I've been able to do, and when you can sit back and say, okay, you might have fucked up, you might have screwed up those that time, but you made it through. You, you learned something along the way. You've met some incredible people through that passage. You, you've learned something or built some skills in here. You know, take all of that, instead of looking at it as a failure and looking at it as an accomplishment, because that's what I did with my own life. Yeah, because you're gaining something from it. You just maybe Everything. not realize it at, the very, at, the, at that very moment. Yes, and you don't because you need to fall. And it's funny, I had this conversation last, the, the weekend just passed with a friend of mine who we, we fell together and we rebuilt our lives. And I coached her actually through her channels. And I believe we were put together because when she landed in a very nasty divorce, um, it was very similar to what I had gone through. Yeah. So it was the path that I needed to teach her of ways so she didn't have to go down. But what we talked about is when you fall, you, you need to fall. You need to feel the fall. Yeah. Because if you don't feel it, then you're going to go through it again. Like you can't get up and keep going. Like, you know, it's a lot of people have relationships that go and then before you know it, they're jumping into another relationship and it's like, Really? What's that? That's uh, monkey branching, I think they call that. It's a certain term where you leave one relationship and you're already swung into the next yeah, one. Yeah. And I could never figure that one out because that wasn't part of what I do. I'm a, a person of, of, I do a lot of reflection. Yes. So, and that, I don't know why, but this is the way, you know, this is part of the way that, like, I believe that God, higher up, whatever that source is that yeah. we all want to believe that there's something there. I, and I believe because it's happened to me too many times in my life that there is definitely something there telling me. But it's if you don't sit back and feel that fall and stay down for a moment, feel how low you can be. We call it having your, your time. You're having your pity party. Yep. Give yourself that pity party time. But here's the thing. Don't stay down there. You know, when I fell after my second relationship had gone out, it was, that's another whole talk about, when, and I want to be real, and I want to put myself out there because I believe these things are meant so I can help others, so they don't have to feel so alone in what they're going through, because that's how I felt, and I felt that maybe this is all the reasons why I was put into these crazy th circumstances that I've been through so I can help others, so I can help others to, to see things in a different life. But when, you, when I fell, my girlfriend said to me at the time that when I was down is, okay, I'm going to give you a day to have your pity party. And I said, no, 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 I'm going to need two days for this one. <laughs> so you don't do long periods of time. You're talking in your pity party, a couple days max, and you're pulling yourself up and you're walking away. Or is there like, it, it depends on the person? Like, how do you identify that? It totally depends on the person. I, I believe that. But for me, it was a day, the first day after my, when I landed in my new 
place to live and I, my whole life was gone and I had to restart everything all over again. The first day I didn't get out of bed. I allowed myself to cry. I hung in bed. Which is I, healthy, right? Because you need to expel all that. And my body was exhausted. You know, I had done a lot of things to prepare for my... I, 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 we'll talk about that story. I don't want to get into one thing up another. I want to finish this part up first. Yep. Is your body is exhausted from what you've been through. You need to realize that. You need to understand yourself. You need to feel that. Part of life is sitting back and allowing yourself to feel things. And stop beating yourself up. You know what? I, I, I have so much understanding because I did it. I did it. I wasn't good enough. I was never pretty enough. I was never anything enough. But that had nothing to do with you. Ultimately, that had to do with your partner because he had a, had a, a fixed set standard. And even though when you guys started your relationship, you got you were all those things. But as he went on, he just wasn't interested in maintaining that relationship. Would, would you say that's kind of the way it went? Uh, well, number one or number two? Number one was as if he he was the one who, they were very narcissistic, so it was always about them. Okay, yeah. And I lost myself and lost all my confidence and lost who I was. Yeah. And, and then, and that created me to have to find me again. Yes. And the second time around, a very selfish soul, sort of a narcissist in, in a lot of other ways, but a little bit different. But you see, I didn't see some of the signs. Yeah. And that's another thing we'll talk about because things are in front of you. If, you know, like, here's the thing. People show you who they are. They really show you who they are, but we don't always believe it. Yeah. They, they might talk and, and, you know, you watch them when they co have conversation. Are they the one always talking? Do they allow you to talk? Do they allow you to shine? Or are they the one who is always taking the shine? Do they talk you down? How do they stand with you? Do they look at you? Is there conversations that are into the eyes? Yeah. Or do they look above you? There's so many different things that we just don't realize. Yeah, different behaviors for sure. That That's an interesting perspective because I like to watch behavior and I find that a lot of people don't like to look other people in the eye. I don't know if that's because it's like a, a dominance thing. Or maybe it's just a matter of that they're full of shit, <laughs> right? Like I really yeah. think, I think those two come hand in hand in a lot of ways. And he was, he was yeah. really full of shit. He yeah. was a story goer. He was, you know, it was always about him and the stories. And, and I didn't realize a lot of things because I guess I didn't want to see a lot of, yeah. you know, I had come out of a very bad relationship, hadn't had a, another, like I waited a couple of years before I even started to date again. Yeah. You know, I had to get myself in check in, in line. Um, I had to come through what I had to come through. And on top of that, the first time around, I had two young kids. My life has always been about my kids. Family to me is number one in every single thing. So you have your two kids. And I don't want to interrupt, but at this same time, what company are you working for that you're completely spreading yourself out real thin for at the same time? Okay. So when I went through my first divorce, I was a stay at home mom. I had just left. Okay. I had just left Shell Canada. I, before I got married, I was, um, I had already gone through, I, I didn't enjoy being a paralegal. I worked for a year with a law firm. I hated it. It was a she was a horrible lawyer, and I lost desire in that case. But what had happened is while I was going through school, I was working part time as a sales girl in this store that, that had you know they I think at that time they might have had like five hundred stores across Canada, and my sales were always high. 
And why? Because I didn't put bullshit on someone. When somebody stepped out of a dressing room and they look like shit, I would say to them, hey, you know, this looks like shit on you. You can't wear this. Yeah. And I would do things or I would say, oh, yeah, this is it or not that it is. And, and no, you don't need this and all the rest. But people loved me because I was honest. Yeah, I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying to sell them something. I wanted them to look nice. Yeah. Right? And I was in those days, I was, you know, I was a bigger girl. And so people looked at me, I wasn't that, that tall, like I am tall, I'm five foot eight, but I wasn't the model figure. Yeah, you weren't what was considered what people were racing towards is what you're trying to say yeah. at that time. Yeah. And um, so I, I did that. And then when they heard that I was looking for another job, they called me in and they created a new job for me. And they because um, I had a mentor there, and she was following me. And she offered me a job to start training people, opening up new stores, start training uh, managers and the staff and sh- teaching them how to rent or to to do stores, like to merchandise the stores and so on. And then from that, I ended up supervising. I got my own stores. So that was a pathway. And then from that, I, I left because they wanted to relocate me to Edmonton and I didn't want to be in, in the... Uh, in the cold i was gonna say the freezing cold (laughs) i don't know why i think of edmonton i think of like minus 40 block heaters well and that's what it was and i worked in edmonton and winnipeg and and um thunder bay like i had some of the real hard times and yes i loved it because it taught me and i i was very young and i was just i i loved the fact that i was traveling all over and living on expense accounts and all the rest of it, but I did not want to move. So I left there and did, a, 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 I think, about a year and a half working somewhere else to try to figure out what I wanted. And then when I put my resume together, I actually ended up um, getting a call. I had a couple of options that came to me, but I ended up taking a job with Shell Canada. And because of my legal background, it opened the door for the real estate because I've also, you know... I learned all of that through that. So they, they hired me on. And, and of course, it, you know, I took a job that I honestly was scared to death of because I didn't have the confidence in myself. Yeah. How am I going to do this? I don't know how to do this, but I needed a job. So I jumped into it and thinking, I don't know, you know, bullshit baffles brains maybe. And or as I like to say, uh, balls before brains. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's me, balls before brains. But you and probably found it. at that same point because you were just like that whole idea behind Bob Prockner again. He just keeps it haunts me almost. It's I like you don't Bob. you don't need to know how, you just need to do it. So that was it. And as I went in and you know, at the beginning I thought to myself, what did I get myself into? And within six months, I was taking over like I, you know, part of me, what I do is I take over things and, (laughs) and I saw it again and I worked there for 12 years and until my kids came. Yeah. And then because my job was so full, like I was in at work at seven o'clock in the morning and and left at seven o'clock at night. And most of the time brought homework with me because um, you know, I, I was a worker and, um, and I loved where I was and I loved the people and I had a blast yeah. and a lot more opportunities came because when I was there, I also started doing all of their, um, their, um, marketing meetings. Cause I didn't like the way they, I made note of, I didn't like the way that they did conferences and that. 
And they okay. said to me, if you can do better than you do it. And I said, okay. okay. Here we go. <laughs> so I took on that job and that's when I started doing events. And, and, and you know, just FYI, I, I, I do events too, but I'm not as much anymore. I just do special ones that okay. really come So what kind of special events? Since you brought it up, let's hear what kind of special events... Well, I do some corporate events, but, um, well, I just made my, my daughter just got married um, a month ago. And the most beautiful thing is, is, you know, when you can take your skills and bring it into your life, Yeah. what an, think of this, you know, I spent, you know, over the last six months helping my daughter every single step of the way, planning out her wedding. I had, because when I got married the first time, my wedding was my mother-in-law's wedding. It wasn't mine. And I cried through my entire wedding and hated it. And always said to myself, this will never happen to a kid of mine. So my dream always was to make sure that my kid got, or my kids got the wedding of their dreams, not mine. So, you know, for me, it was incredibly grateful that I got to spend time, days at times that we would plan her wedding and find every single thing she wanted. And at the end of it, it turned into being the most magnificent, magical day. Not just for me, but every single person that was there yeah. was so blown away how everything just went with ease, with beauty. And, you know, what a remarkable Thing that I'm leaving, I leave behind because I, I always think of, you know, like me, I don't have my dad anymore. He left me 30 years ago and he's my treasure. And like I said, the beginning of our life, our, we blocked, we did not do well together. But when I started working and traveling and he saw me in a different light, our relationship changed and we ended up having this most incredible relationship. And I believe even till today, he still he still guides me and, and helps me through my life. And I want my kids to know that, you know, like no matter what, I'm always there. And for this, so they'll always have, like my daughter will have these wonderful memories and that's what life is, right? It's about memories. Like, we don't do even presents anymore. Like, if they see something, they want something, and I hear it, you know, I'm not going to wait till a special time. I just would, if it makes me feel good to give them something that makes them happy. Do I need an occasion? No. But if it's holidays or having her wedding, those are, that's memories. You know, it, I don't look at what gifts are, are there, but it's what I've created. Yeah. What times we have together, the laughs we had. You know, when I danced with her on the dance floor, because she doesn't have a dad anymore. She doesn't. I'm mom, dad, grandma, grandfather. I'm everything for my kids. Yeah. And we dance on the floor together. You know, you're supposed to have dad and mom or yeah, dad yeah. and bride dance. Yeah, well, we yeah, had the daughter, the daughter-father dance. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. we had the mother and, <laughs> and daughter dance. And we just danced together and we held each other and we laughed. Yeah. And wow, you know. That's what life is. It's the sparkle. It's, yeah. you know, that's what I want to give my kids. That's what I want to give people. It's in, uh, and, you know, we all have. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm being real. Life wasn't always so glorious. And there was days and, and weeks and times where I never thought I would get through some of the things that I had. But I still found a way to shine somewhere through there. So what you're basically telling me in a nutshell is that 
Life is, and I, and I say this a million times, but I'm going to say it again. Life is basically like a heartbeat monitor. Literally. It's like you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, you're up, you're down, and, but you're still going along at the same time. That's the whole idea. So when you fall down, coming back to where we went, because we're going off on real tangents here, <laughs> and that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm real cool with this, is the fact of when you fall down, like I said, I had my two days of pity party, and then it was time to get up, brush it all off, say to myself, and this is exactly what I did, is I sat down on a couch in my new place where I was living with my kids, boxes all over the place because I had just left the second relationship. My heart was broken. I felt very depleted at the time. My business was over, a business of 14 years that I was rocking. And I had to sit down and say, okay, now what? What did I do well? Where are my skills? What can I do now? How can I change my life? Because I'm not ready to call it quits yet. I, I, I financially am not able to support myself. Um, you know, there was no money coming in. I have been able to help my children through school, which I'm very proud and grateful for, because my whole thing is, is I didn't want my kids starting their life with having um, student debt. School, student debt, yeah. And I remember when my son was going through law school and he said to me, um, he was in the midst, he just finished his first year of law and he's living with me because I said, you know, if you live with me, just all, I don't want you to have a job. I just want you to focus on your career. Yeah. I need you to focus on your, on your law uh, school right now. Nothing else, right? And then he looked at me and he says, you know, all my friends are, are living on their own. You know, nobody's living with their mom. And I said, yeah, well, you're going to be the one after a four years of graduating that will have a, um, a zero bank balance, and they're all going to have negative bank balances. So Huge negative bank balances. Yeah, so who's <laughs> going to be laughing then? Yeah. You know, like, let's be real about that. So, you know, at the time, you know, I, I had a little bit of savings, but not a lot in the second part. Well, I kind of did a lot of things, that, so I was in a very different state than I was the first time around. But I had to look back of what I did good, where I, where I saw my gifts, my skills, and reinvent myself yet again in my life. And well, that's it's funny you bring that up. And I'm going to hold you there for a yeah. second. Because when I was reading up about you a little bit, you're kind of, you seem like you're kind of guiding us here to uh, helping people to identify their life, their passion or what they're like. And that's, it sounds like that's what you're identifying right here, right now. Am I right? Okay. I'm just making sure I'm paying attention. Yeah. (laughs) You're paying attention. You're doing a great job. And when you can sit down and stop looking at yourself as a failure, because I could have done that. I was in a relationship 14 years, found out that he was very um, deceitful Um, did a lot of things behind my back. I should have seen a lot of things, but I also had a lot going on with my family during that time. So my life was very busy and you wonder how I do all the things. Well, so that's what happens. Yes. Things drop, you know, for me, I I said, uh, my life has always been about my family. So when my family needed help, I don't think I jump. And at that time, my mom was ill. My brothers were in very much in need of, of things and so I didn't see, I had a business to look after. I had two kids at that point in high school. And, um, and I had also, oh, I forgot that part. Uh-oh. I also had um, come through because I ended up with Bell's palsy and had just gotten myself back up and going again because I don't know if you're aware what Bell's does, it, your whole side of your face becomes paralyzed. 
Okay. So um, when you don't listen to some of the things um, in your body, what ends up happening? Sorry, I got a binger going on in nope. my computer. <laughs> and when you have that, what ends up happening is you um, uh, parts of going on ends up hurting you instead of that. Anyways, I had yep. gone through all of that. I'm just gonna no see. Anyways, we're going to live with dingers. It was part of all the things I had been through. So instead of falling down now as I'm down from everything that it is, I decided that, you know what? This happened for me for a reason. I need to find what the reason is in my own way. But I need to now build myself up and move myself forward. And the one thing that when I got there and I realized how grateful I was because the second time I ended up with a shirt on my back, the last time I didn't. I was in a very different position because I had organized my life before I'd left. So just another story. And now it was about, and very proud of myself for what I had done, for being so smart and being so, doing crazy things. But like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Gabby Bun listens to Gabby Bernstein, but the universe had my back. Every single step of the way, something crazy was happening for me. It didn't happen to me. That's key right there. (laughs) Right? It it wasn't what I went through, but I realized the incredible confidence, resilience, abilities that I had that I blew myself away. And when my friends, because at a point in time, I pushed my friends out because I didn't want people to know what was going on because my life was top secret for for nine months. And I had to, when the people started hearing what, what, what I did and what went on in my life, everybody was totally blown away. But the most important thing was, is now I had a safe place where I was now living. So look at what you got. Stop looking at what you don't got. Yes. I had a safe place. My children were now living under my roof with me. We were all three of us safe. Yeah, I didn't have a car anymore. Um, I didn't have a business anymore. But I had skills. I had smarts. And I had my health. Big one right there. Bingo. So I decided that. And on end, the other thing that hit me at this time, which brings me into the first question of why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. It's because I said to myself, shit, nobody should go through this alone. I've done so many things all through my life of making it through divorce when when the first time around people left my life. People didn't want to know me. Nobody realizes that aspect, by the way, that when you do go through a divorce or a separation or any of that sort, like every the, the wall divides. You know, my girlfriends, who I thought were my girlfriends... As one close friend said to me, I thought she was a close friend, said to me, you know, well, Glenda, I can't go out with, you know, we're not going to be going out with anymore, you know, because, you know, you're single now. And I went, yeah, so? And she said, well, you know, well, I have a husband and, you know, and and she was alluding and I said, what, you worried that I'm going to take your husband? Like, hello, do you have not any respect for me? And, And then when she said, because in those, at that point, in that divorce, um, I had no money. I, I had no money to even buy food for my children. Yeah. Like crazy what I had to do to try to find money. Never mind that I had to go and borrow clothes because I didn't have money to buy clothes. And my kids were growing like like flowers. Yeah. They were just zipping up. And, and it was like uh, what fit, what, you know, last month that fit them didn't fit them this month. And I didn't have money in those days. You know, I come from a wealthy family that 
made sure that I had nothing. And, and I cried. I cried a lot, you know, and spent the nights when the kids were going to bed. That's when I cried. I, so I released it. And she said, I'm tired of hearing you crying. And it was like, okay, don't worry. You won't be hearing me crying. Yeah. But I just pushed her away because that's not a friend. No, absolutely right. That's just something, someone that wants to be there when, the, like fair weather. Yeah. Someone that wants to be there when the good times are here. But as soon as things are kind of like the tide's changing, see ya. And I had that in a lot of situations, yeah. a lot. And that's when I became very much into myself because I had to keep myself strong. I'm a mom. I'm, you know, I, I have to keep myself healthy. And, and I didn't feel comfortable enough. I didn't go to a gym. A, I couldn't afford it. But so I would put on when my kids would go to bed, I'd put on a, a videotape and I would exercise to get the, the, the anger and the energy out of me. And, um, but I didn't have the confidence to go out to be talking to anybody because I was worried that I was going to cry about things because she told me I was crying all the time. Yeah. So, you know, but so I take all of that and I, I take the, all these as incredible things that I have learned. And, but I had to go through these journeys by myself. And when I sat there the second time when this happened to me and my whole world had fallen apart and thinking to myself, Nobody should have to go through this alone. You know, I've done this twice and it's so sad, but I was so smart. (laughs) But nobody should have to do this alone. Nobody, you know, the the things that I can teach people of preparing and thinking and doing is huge because that's what I did. Yes, some of my background helped me, you know, because I, I worked in a in a in a law firm where we did all sorts of things um so yes that it opened my eyes to a lot of things but i had had many years that had passed since that time but it's you know it's part of education of the way it trains your brain but that's why i also am a very big advocate as as you keep growing you keep learning and building new skills because you want to keep building that brain and keep moving but all of these things for me was when I had that time of sitting on that couch of trying to figure out what I'm going to do with myself and rebuild my life and rebuild Glenda was knowing that I needed to be out there to help people. And through that, I started taking some courses. So I became a life coach certified and doing it as a woman who's been through this journey of knockdowns and builds up, when somebody is going through it, instead of reading it in a textbook, I can actually tell you what happens when you go into a courtroom. I can tell you what happens to you when you sit in a mediation and what you need to learn and what you need to prepare. I'm not talking from a book. I'm talking about living it. I'm talking about ways of of learning how to characterize, learning how to carry yourself. You know, part of who I was, even as a young girl... When I was in Shell, Canada, and I worked, and I was, you know, in the, in, the, in the early years, I was in my 20s. It was all because I also learned, I commanded respect from people of how you walk into a room, how you carry yourself, learning when to talk and when not to talk. These are life lessons that everybody needs to learn. Well, let's ask you right quickly. <clears throat> You're walking into a situation where you don't know people. This is what I normally do, but I want, would you always tell your clients that you should be doing more listening than talking? Absolutely. I think that's like the main thing I always hold myself to. It's like, let's listen first and then we can interject after. Well, first of all, if I walk in a room and I don't know anyone and somebody I connect to because I, I will scan a room and I will see somebody that maybe connect and I will walk over and, and I'm not a total, I, I love people. People yeah. energize me. 
but there's a, also there's a shyness and i know you didn't see that t- today when i walked in yeah but i had already had some connection to you yes but there's a shyness about me of course and it has been through the years and especially when i was younger but i had i told you i had more balls and brains at times <laughs> yep okay <laughs> i love it <laughs> so i would walk into a room I always helped. My mother used to teach me because, you know, I didn't like my height. I was yeah. taller than all the kids. I'm the same person. If you don't know who I am, just look at the, the kid in school, all through school, at the top, in the, at the very top in the middle. That's been me all through my life. Yeah. Right? Because I was always taller than everybody else, which I hated. Now I love it, but then, no. And she used to take her finger and she used to poke me in the back to stand up straight. So I learned how to stand up straight. Yeah. With shoulders back and standing up and thank God for that. With confidence. With confidence. So I would walk into a room. First of all, I'm always dressed. Even when I'm not dressed, I'm always dressed. I always put myself together because that makes me feel good. That almost like goes back to that story. I don't know if you've ever seen on YouTube or any other form of social media, but I think he's like, um, I want to say like a captain or an admiral or something. And he's doing like a university seminar and he turns around and he goes, you know, if you don't know what to do, just make sure you make your bed. Cause at least you can say at the very least when you go home or you go to bed at night, you've accomplished something. It's your first win of the day. And I agree with that a million percent. If you don't win, make your bed, then you come out and you, that's the beginning of sloppiness. That's the beginning of not getting things done. Cause so many people say, well, you know, I, I have a hard time getting things done. And that's actually funny you're saying this. This is probably one of the first questions I ask. Do you make your bed in the morning? Do you put your clothes away or are your clothes laying on the ground? Yeah. Right? You know, do you have a mess in your cupboard? Because remember, what you do in one area follows you in every other area. So it's part of what we do in our lives. And that's part of, you know, when I go through in coaching, excuse me, what I do is we, we walk through all of these areas because yeah. what you do in business also reflects on what you happen in your, per, in your personal life. Yes. If you allow yourself to fall short in one area, well, hello, it's going to be happening in the others too. Now holding yourself accountable. Have you ever found someone kind of like a mixed bag? Let's say that they don't make their bed, their clothes are sporadic, but yet... When it comes to their business side, their clothes are hung up. They're nicely ironed. They have all their stuff all nicely tidied and ready to go in the morning. Have you ever met that kind of person where they kind of like the 50-50? Well, it was my daughter for a while. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> you know, it was funny because I remember the time when um, we when we were, well, at that point she had already moved out when we were, first of all, living together. Um, at the time when our lives all fell apart and my kids came together and there was reasons why they all landed under the thing. And a friend of mine said, and, and I lived under boxes and everything was all over and that drove me crazy. Because yep. that's not, as you can see from my home, that's not really what I'm about. I try, no, I don't try. I do put things into order. And um, at that point, um, I had a friend of mine was trying to compare my daughter with hers and had said, you know, well, you, you can't allow her to do this. And um, I'm also a different advocate of learning how to pick your battles in life. So at that point, she was all over the place. And it's like, she's always looking for things. It's like, if you learn to put things back to where you want them, like I have a place, like I walk in and inside of my cupboard, I have a hook. Yep. And my keys are put in that hook. That's the first thing I do when I walk in. I open my door in my front closet and I put my keys hanging up. Why? Because I never walk out trying to say, oh my God, where are my keys? Yeah. Because my keys are always there. 
And when you can't find them, it's usually a morning that you can't afford to not be able to find them instantly and go. Bingo. And and so when you put something back, like if you were to say to me, where's your tape measure? I can tell you exactly where my tape measure is. It's like, and, and she would put things down and it would drive me crazy. But yet, I also believed in picking your battles. That's true. That makes sense. When my kids were young and I went through my first the first breakup my divorce it drove me crazy because i was a mom who made my kids um, baby food yeah i didn't buy jar baby food i made their own because it was no big deal well, well that and the fact you wanted to make sure you knew it was probably in it too right right so i wanted to feed my kids good things and i was a stay-at-home mom at that point and part of i, I first of all i'm always a cook or a baker like i do things i'm just just part of me and it's a no big deal and it really isn't but you know I wanted my kids to have so um you know but when they would go to their fathers on the weekend the bag I packed of nice clean fresh clothes would come back that nothing was ever opened so they never changed their clothes from when they left till the month till Sunday night till they came home and then on top of it what would they have for breakfast was dried cereal with with pop and you know at the beginning it I went crazy over this and then I went because I was so worried about their health and all of the rest and I had a very bright wonderful pediatrician and she said Glenda you the kids are with you like 85 90 percent of the time they're eating well 85 90 percent of the time pick your battles you don't need to worry about what's going to happen on that 10 percent 15 percent of the time it's not going to hurt them in any way well that was a big wake-up call for me and relief probably at the same time too yeah because i didn't have to worry you know we got into journey like we got into a habit like they walked in on a sunday night and everybody marched up they had their bath right away they got in their pjs and then we had our own time together so it it turned into being and and i didn't make anything to do with it like you know at the beginning it was like you didn't change your clothes (laughs) and i became the heavy so this way it was like they're coming home to mom we're gonna have fun in the bathtub and then afterwards we're gonna do something fun and it was like and it was no big deal. I picked my battles. It's very good advice. And and here's the other thing. I had a daughter who I, you know, at the beginning of the part when I could and when I was buying, I would go to all these fabulous sample sales and buy these incredible kids clothing at at a fraction of the cost. And I I was so enthralled. I had a I had a girl. Oh my god, I'm going to make her look beautiful and all the rest and I bought all these gorgeous little outfits. And she hated them. She hated <laughs> every single one. And what did she want? She wanted her brother's clothes, the ones especially that had holes in it and that were covered with stuff like she, she, that's what she wanted to wear. And I hated the fact of going out with her when she was wearing these clothes. So when she went to nursery and she started going to, well, I I was going at that time, I was able to, when I was living the good life, I belonged to a club and I would go to this club in the morning and my son would go into a program there and then my daughter would go into a babysitting. And, and then I would have that hour to exercise and then I'd pick my kids up, take them home for lunch and naps and so on. But my daughter would come and she'd look like she was um, probably a little bag child. You know, she didn't look like she came from anything and all the rest. So I made this button and it said, I dress myself. And she was so proud of herself that she dressed herself. And I was so happy because it sort of took off the feeling that I was not a good mother. And in those days, I took direct, like, it, it bothered me. I think those days, a lot of people held 
parents to that standard. So it's kind of cool that you made the button and you alleviated yourself of that stress that comes with the societal societal like norms. Yeah. And you were like, and she was more happier than a pig and shit because she just picks up and she's like, yep, I want to wear a blue shirt and I want to wear red pants and that's what's up. Yeah. And that was it. And it was like, okay, again, I, that allowed me to pick my battles. Again, I found ways of allowing things. So all through the life, it's just like, you know, the last thing you really need with your kids is to get into this anger stage. It's, it's the anger dance and, and who has the control. When you start having that control issue with your children, you lost, lost it. <clears throat> Agreed. Right? And, you know, you told me you have two young boys. I do. So when you start having that. Already you have. It's, it, it depletes your energy. Yeah, it ruins or it really puts um, a uh, a horrible uh, thing on your relationship. Yep. And on top of it, then your kids start pulling away from you. Yep. So I just kind of uh, I did something sort of the same ways. I'm like, okay, well, every night you're responsible to pull out your clothes for school. It is only one color because it's almost like a uniform school. Yep. And uh, you know they pick their stuff. So if you know they're not prepared in the morning, it's always well why. Why didn't you do what I asked you last night? I, I'm giving you that trust to be able to do that. Yep. And it was like, it became obvious. So to this point, it's still not perfect, mind you, for anybody that's listening. But, think, but is life perfect? No. Okay. So, hello. So it's like they, they now, they want to be having their clothes set out and ready at night so that in the morning when they wake up, they can sleep literally as long as they want, especially the 12-year-old because yep. he wants to sleep in right to the last second. That's okay. And... Now he just can run to the shower. He's already got his clothes downstairs and he feels like a superhero because he has his, his meal and he's out the door to go to school for the morning. And, and, and that's the whole thing. When your kids feel good, empowered in their own ways, you build them up instead of breaking them down. And I've done that in so many different ways. Um, okay, I'm going to tell you something. I share this all the time and I really share this because I want parents to hear this. It's really, 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 really important. You think I said really important enough? I don't think you emphasized it enough. Okay. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. When my kids and I don't know where this came from, it just came from another things of, of not having battles with my children. It was a matter of when I make a decision about something and if it's something that's going to um, be earth shaking that it would hurt you um, physically emotionally or something like that when I say no it's no and there's a reason why and I'll be more than happy to explain why my reason is if you want it yeah however if I say no about something and you think that you should be allowed to do it or have it or whatever then it's up to you to explain to me why I should change my mind. Almost like a business proposal. Yep. <laughs> and I will listen to what you have to say and we will discuss it. And what ended up happening many times, I changed my mind. Oh, Because great. my children, A, got to be heard. Yeah. It wasn't my way or the highway. Yeah. They also knew that they had to think about things. So they, they kind of learned how to negotiate. Yeah. You know, today my son's a lawyer. And <laughs> why? Because, you know, part of it is he learned at a young age, you know, that you also have options. But they didn't, they always felt, for the most part, you know, from time to time I did little things, which we'll talk about too. But, you know, they felt that they were heard. And when children feel that they're heard, 
It changes things in their lives. And this is really important, especially when you're going through divorce, because a lot of times, because of what we go through emotionally, it, we start to close ourselves off. And in fact, we turn around and we close our children off. And the one important thing in, um, in, in, in a relationship, as we said, walking to a room, and when I'll talk to somebody, same thing comes forth. Yeah. What do I do when I meet a new person? First thing I do is I walk up to them as if I'm, because I know them, I put my hand out and I have a firm handshake and I say, hi, my name's Glenda. What's yours? Yeah. And then I'll ask them something about themselves. Tell me about you. What do you do? Yeah. You know, this is a really great place. You know, how did you come to coming here? Whatever. And I start them on talking about themselves. Yeah. And I listen. And what I do, because I'm not great with names, is I will repeat their name so that it sort of comes into me. Like, they'll say, hi, my name is John. And I'll say, hi, John. How are you doing today, John? So, again, it sort of puts it into my brain because, you know, my my head doesn't always work the way, you know, of remembering names are not the best things in my head. Yeah. So, I do it a couple of times to sort of bring it like an anchor into my head. Yeah. Right? And then I listen to what they say. And then, you know, then we, we, you know, I find something fun or I always will compliment someone, you know, like what they have. Because, you know, isn't it better to walk away making feeling somebody feeling good than to make someone feel like shit? Yeah, I was going to say, definitely. Like, right? What a, what a, you know, like if I'm walking on the street and I see somebody wearing something or they look pretty, I will stop and say, wow, I love the way you look. Like, what great haircut or great boots or whatever. Yeah. And you can all of a sudden see how their whole body changes. Yeah. Right? It's, it's like, why can't we all do that? Now, in your experience, do you find with saying what you're saying that a lot of feel, people feel attacked? So, A, they don't do that and and I forgot where I was going with that second part, but yeah, do you feel like it's 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 more of like we're not used to it because we're used to the attacking mechanism and defending ourselves kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, it, it, always. I, I think people are looking at the negative. Our life is negative. Like I don't even watch the news anymore. <sighs> Me either. <laughs> when, when something happens, I figure sooner or later I'm going to hear it. Something will come through on my computer to show me something's happening. So I'll learn sooner or later about what's going on. Yeah. And I have friends that will say, oh, did you hear this? And I'll go, no, what? tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, but it, it's okay. Yeah. It's not going to affect me. You know, what, what will affect me is is if my kids weren't well, if my brothers weren't well, if my friends, somebody within. That's where it will affect me. And, and any of these people will phone me or, or tell me something's up, something's wrong. That's yeah. where it matters. If something happens today, or if something's happening in Toronto, I'll find out about it, I'll hear about it. Or, or, you know, even in the summer when we had all these wildfires, you could walk out and you smelled it. So you could, you know, figure it out. Something's going on. You can Google it and find out what's going on too. So the funny thing about that is I remember when that was happening. You know what the initial thought of, of mine was when that was all going down? Mm-mm. It smells a lot better out here now. <laughs> <laughs> I love the smell of campfire. So to me, this was a great thing in a sense. Obviously, I don't want to see Hector's burned down, but I yeah, just... Yeah, no, I, I love it too. Like yeah. I went for a walk the other day and there was all of a sudden a smell of so they were burning something i go mm, i love that that's like a bonfire yeah right? i was like okay let's get the steaks let's get yeah, this going <laughs> like my favorite thing in the world is going up to the cottage and building a fire and hanging yeah. around and, and doing marshmallows at the fire and, yeah. and just having a grand old time right? i love it and then even with that all that happening because of it 
the fires and you know we had to be cautious and i get the, all that aspect but we weren't al- like in provincial parks we weren't allowed fires so we yeah. went to a fire and we could get a controlled fire so you can get a propane ca- uh, tank and a fireplace like that but you couldn't have the other way so it was kind of disappointing in one way but we made do and still had a fire at night but okay so you just said exactly it when something happens good or bad you can always find another way if we start looking at this in our life of rechanging a way you know Wayne Dyer, I was doing a live yesterday, just like Wayne Dyer says, change the way you look at things and the things you look at will change. Yes. You know, that is the most incredible saying that you can, I don't know if he actually came out with that or it came through wherever, but he's known for that. And it's true. Even if you, and I've done this before, it was funny, I said this to somebody, I was working on a project and I was becoming stale. I couldn't think of what I wanted to do. Okay, I was sitting in my own place at my table and I got up and I moved to another seat. Yeah. And I moved from a, from a side to the front. Just that movement, all of a sudden I went, boing, something happened. That's funny because I remember Bob Proctor, I, I, have a, I swear I'm not no, obsessed. No, I'm a Bob Proctor fan, yeah. so I love and this. And he talks something similar to that. Yes. He's like, if you have a problem, you write it down. He goes, and then if you're sitting at the table and you can't figure it out, he goes, I want you to move to the other side of the table and I want you to think of whoever else is involved and then try to try to relive their experience in the sense where you can see it from maybe their point of view. He goes, and then you'll see that the problem changes. And that's the way, if we change the way we look at things. So like I said before, I'm going to go back into things that I think are important in, in life that when we look back at the things that happen into our lives, we look at things as failures. If we switch our way of looking at it and say, okay, this didn't work, but maybe I can do it this way, or this might be an opportunity. You know, I'll tell you about a story. I was, um, when I left my, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with myself, I came into two things. I tried a few different areas because what did I, I had to figure out what I was going to do. So that's when I went back and figuring out all the years that I worked at Shell and I was doing events and stuff like that. So I started doing, I started going into event planning and, um, you know, got involved also in doing weddings and so on and so forth. And because I look back at where I did well and what were my skill set, and that was one of them. The other area that I figured out that I would do something was um, I always was involved in some way in a little bit in, in real estate. And, you know, I had bought and sold homes. And um, when I was in my relationship, had bought a couple of of properties, uh, condos, and, you know, so I always had my finger in a little bit of real estate. But so I decided that I was going to do some real estate to add into my, to another form of of income as well. And so I decided that I didn't want to be a realtor. I wanted to be an investor. And I didn't want the, that side of it, because if you're an investor, if you're a realtor, you, you are hold and what you can do or what you can do, right? Yeah. There's the the lines where you can't. Well, I'm really not great at following rules. I, I believe that rules were made so you can break them. Yes. And that's... There are guidelines, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's yeah. They're, they're not there to tell you what you can and cannot do. That's been my life. You know, I, I don't really follow rules yeah. really well, right? Found a mentor and I started taking courses and I started to learn about investing, about buying a property, changing it to its highest and best uses. And yet again, I went out by myself and I did just that, right? And I 
blew myself out of the water. I bought a property. My first property, actually, I bought was a house that was a, a single-family dwelling, and I converted it into a duplex. And I went there physically um, and actually worked with my contractor doing the work, which he kind of was blown away. You know, he figured he had, had connected up with this this woman who is, you know, prim and proper, and she wasn't going to get her hands dirty. And Boy, was he in for a surprise. Well, <laughs> yes, he was very blown away for the fact that I don't care about getting my hands dirty. I don't have nails, and that's just fine and dandy. That's just who I am. Yeah. And, you know, my dad taught me about climbing under the cottage and going through the spider webs and having to do what you need to do because in some ways I was kind of the boy that he kind of never had. So I was taught a lot of things of what I had to do and it didn't matter about getting yourself dirty. And, um, but then I got involved in another property that I got into too soon and um, I got really taken advantage of that I didn't do enough um, investigating of the person that I got involved with. And um, at that point, um, I found out when I almost thought I was finished that I, you know, you ever have that gnawing feeling in you? Well, something kept telling me that I needed to check something. Something didn't feel right. Yeah. So I started doing some investigating. And when I started doing investigating, I, I, got, I got these other people to come in and I said, something's wrong. And I had them open a wall that was closed. Don't know why. And when I opened the wall, we found out that he didn't put in a support beam, a major support beam. Oh, shit. So what would have happened, it was under the kitchen, as a matter of fact. So I had two kitchens in this 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 other house that I bought and would have maddened in time that that support beam would have gone in the fridge, the stove and everything would have gone cratering Jesus. down. So, you know, at the time, it's, you know, so I, ex you know, when I bought it, I ex put a certain amount of money that I was going to put into it. And yeah, talking about a big boo-boo, right? So everybody kept telling me, oh, just sell it, sell it for a loss, get rid of it. Don't, what are you doing? You know, what are you crazy, Glenda? It's enough, Glenda, do, you know, doing all this on your own, it's enough, enough, you know, I, and it's like, no fucking way am I going to lose money. Yeah. No way I'm going to give up. So I tore everything down that he did and we rebuilt it all. Yeah. And I was there every step of the way to make sure it got done properly. that it was going to done. But A, what did it do? Yeah, I put out more money than I anticipated. Thank God for line of credits. Yep. I learned more because I was there for every step. So I, I became now the, instead of the, not just was I the owner, landlord, etc., but I became actually the person who, who understood all of the work that was being involved. I was physically doing it as well at that time for this house and, you know, turned around afterwards and, you know, I did rent it out and I held it for a while and I did really well for it. And then when, when the real estate went to its, one of its highest peaks, I knew at what level it was going to go for. Yeah. And, and I sold it and I did credibly well by it. I made my money back plus, plus, plus a lot. Yeah. But it was instead of, you know, I could have walked away saying, you know, taking it as a, as a loss yeah. could have beat myself up more. And like, I already had beaten myself up, you know, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you check yourself? Why, why, why? Right. These things that we do to ourselves. But instead you held on tight and you were like, okay, well, you know, instead of the tomorrow we could do it like next year, next 
you know, next decade or so on and so forth with that place? Well, it was like, okay, so here's the other thing that I do. I have a, a, a deal with me. When I have a major decision and I'm feeling really pulled and betwixt and can't really figure it out what the fuck I'm going to do, yeah, I sleep on it. Oh, I, I go to bed at night and I say to myself, somehow, somewhere, you're going to find a way, you're going to know which decision you are going to make. Because I believe that when we start hesitating on our decisions, we actually hurt ourselves yeah. from things moving forward. And I sleep on it. The next morning when I got up, like I went to bed that night knowing that I had now work or like huge amount of work that I had to now tear down everything that was done. I had to rebuild the entire thing. I had to go through. It was like so overwhelming. I was so kicking myself out. So that night I went to bed and I said, okay, tomorrow you're going to figure out which way you're going to go. You're going to figure out which is the best means, what you should do or what you shouldn't do. Just relax and it will all come. And that's what I did. I got up in the morning. I had a fresh new start because, first of all, now I had a night's sleep. You look at things differently when you're not living in that part where you're feeling like the world is tumbling down on you. And I've done this in every single situation that I've been in. And trust me, I've been in some pretty heavy situations. And I knew at that point, I said, okay. I'm going to redo everything. I'm going to tear down everything. I'm going to, you know what? People were like, you should be suing. You should be doing. No, I'm not going into that negative cycle. I'm going to cut my losses where I am. I'm not going to start with lawyers and suing and all the rest of it. I know what that's all about. It just causes more heartache, I think, in the long run. Yeah, and I'm not doing that with my life. I'm not going to live into the negative world, which will tear me down, which will bring more negative to me. You know what? Karma has a really funny way of working itself out. Yeah, no kidding. And that's that's including not wishing that karma on somebody because then no. you're creating that problem to come back to you, I think, yeah. in a sense, no, right? No, no. I let it be. You know, I did that with my ex. Pretty sad what went on. And I even said, you know, I'm not going with you. You know what? You want to be angry, mean, and all the rest. You know, you're, you're putting it out at your kids, whatever. I'm not going there. You know what? Uh, no money in the world. Like I would rather, and which I did, is walk away and have nothing than to keep in on a fight. Which is more than the negativity that'll come with the other step. Yeah, and I didn't want that in my life. I needed to be a good person and a good mom because my kids deserve that. I deserved it. Well, it's just who you are by the sounds of it, right? Like, yeah, it's it's not what happens. And the same with this guy, this contractor. I. You know, I made I actually invited him in as we were tearing even down. I had built in the back, or he had built a um, a deck in the back, and it was ripped apart. When and I invited him over, and he was freaking out because he didn't realize what I had done yet. Yeah. And he came over, and I said, "Come on over. We need to talk about the property." You know, we had a deal going on, and. Um, and, you know, I was smart enough to make sure that the property was before I get into because, you know, these are things that I teach people is the property was in my name. So, you know, at the end of the day, at least I had something. Yeah. And when he came and he saw the deck had been torn apart, he's like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> and he's flipping out and he's swearing and he's cursing. And I said, well, why don't you come inside and see what else? And now the guys are in there, these new guys that I hired. And, and the whole thing is being ripped. And I said, you see that you, you didn't give me, you know, first of all, you didn't dig down low enough for the, you know, that you created 
uh, first of all, safe space for the deck, but never mind inside, you didn't even have supporting beams. And, you know, I did all this. I went into real estate to my whole thing was to provide a safe, clean environment for families to live in. Yeah. That's what I was all about. You're not doing that. You would put me in harm's way into the future. And never mind, can you imagine I couldn't sleep at night because I would worry about somebody's family not being safe? Yeah, I couldn't imagine that idea of (laughs) when that all came crashing down because it may not be today, tomorrow, next week, next year, but it's going to happen one day real soon. And I can't live like that. I, I, I'm not looking to screw people. I'm looking to build and help. So it's, you know, his way was to make money of get in, get out. And you know what? Yeah, no, it's, that's not what, you know. Not when someone's life is potentially at risk. And I want to just go back to, um, when you're talking about going to sleep and sleeping on it, I do that a lot of that myself and I find myself working that problem. In fact, when I'm sleeping, which I don't know if is, uh, unhealthy or not but i find that i work through my problems as i'm sleeping almost like in my dreams in a sense and i wake up the next morning and i kind of i feel fresh and i'm kind of got my perspective of which path i'm taking well so when you go to sleep at night are you you're you're thinking of the situation yes and are you looking at the situation as a problem or a situation i think uh it depends on what the situation is sometimes it's a problem and i'm trying to see how i'm going to not maneuver because maneuver almost sounds like i'm avoiding I would, I would say that I'm, I'm trying to find a way that I'm going to work a solution that comes with the least amount of repercussions. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But if you would to now look at it, because I do too, we, we all do. And it's how you go to sleep at night that counts, right? Because when you, if there's something in there, but the problem is that sometimes what ends up happening is it keeps you awake at night. Hello, been there too. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, how many times I could redo the whole world by the amount of hours that I've spent. But now... Um, instead of that, I will put it out, what I say, like to the universe and, you know, say, okay, how can I look at this in a different way? Or how can I see the opportunity this has to me? And what I try to do at night now is I, I, I usually go to bed with more of a, of a meditation music in it. So it allows me just to calm myself down. And, and when you can calm your nerves down that, if it's a problem, it will come up and it maybe even come up. It's funny, I had a really weird gym the other night and it was something that I was dealing with. And I woke up the next day with really um, understanding in a different realm. But, you know, you just try to, instead of putting it out, just put it out to the universe and just let it go so that you do. But I think that it's, it, like I said, having a, a night's sleep gives you a very different perspective on everything in life. Makes complete sense. Now, one thing I want to cover before we wrap this bad boy up. So you were talking about divorces. You were talking about your experiences. So let's say I'm your client right now. How do you teach that person to go from that heavily negative emotional environment to a new, healthy, fresh start? First of all, I find out about their life. I find out what they do for themselves. You know, do you give yourself a little bit of loving? Do you go for a walk during the day? Do you eat good food? How do you talk? I listen to them. First of all, we we sit down and we have a conversation together. Yeah. I want to hear about how you talk. Because you can tell, like I said, the way somebody looks, the way they stand, the way they, they the way they even move. Um, you know, do you, you know, people that slouch over have don't have really usually confidence. I'm only switching over so I can talk in the mic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
I'm self-conscious. So <laughs> it's it's really about listening about these forms. And we just start doing a little bit of, of self-love, of start talking about um, of ways of starting to look at the things of of creating some forms, things that will make them happier. When people are much happier and they can start looking at things as having um, more positiveness and, and more love, loving things in their life, they start changing into that negative thing, that negative Nancy type of syndrome. Oh, they always complain. Are they the complainers? Well, you know what? Let's stop complaining and let's start doing something about it. How can we change the way we look at it? You know what? I know you have abilities. Let's start looking at what you do really well. And you know what? Stop judging what everybody else has. Start looking at what you have. Let's start being happy with who we are instead of wishing we were somebody else or had something else. Stop looking at social media and saying, like, people only post what they have good. That might be the only good thing that happens to them all month that they post. The rest of the time, maybe the life is for the shits for them. Or it's not even their car. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when we start to change the way, like it's, it really is a shift in mindset because when you start looking at that, you're going to see the opportunities instead of looking at things that aren't there for you. It's really how we start shifting. And that shift happens, whether it's happening in your personal life, in your business life, because I said, what happens in one part of your life happens in every other single part of your life. So it starts with the, that main first shift. And that part is, is, it all starts with a conversation. That's how I start my working with people and also for the important people for anyone listening out there i'm here to help and work with you but i'm not here for everybody i'm here for certain people and that's part of what i do i always do a, a free 45 minute call with people so we can connect up and see do we connect you know are am i someone who will help you grow and and become something better or if i'm not that's okay maybe i'll just give you a tool or two that you can use that will help you but and maybe i can find somebody for you but i'm not going to work with everyone because i'm not here for everyone i'm here for certain people and certain people are here to work with me right? wow i couldn't i couldn't agree with that more and it's it's very selfless in a way like you know, a lot of people don't understand. And I say this time in and time again, and maybe not so much on the podcast, but the free 45 minutes, people don't understand. It's free for them, but it's not free because you're spending the most uh, valuable currency, which is time, right? We it's never true. get more. We always spend more than we have, I find. Yeah, yeah. And, and the more we make, the more we spend. But well, you know, I would have said that we don't get any more time. But you know, uh, and here I'll do a little plug right now before we go off. Yes. Um, I'm just gotten involved also with, you know, I keep on building myself up because that's why I'm not getting older. I'm getting younger because mentally I keep my mind really strong. But I am involved now in another new AI project that I'm trying and I love to introduce to people because this way, A, they earn some money as they work on it and they use it, um, but I can teach them also a side hustle as well. And on top of it, the greatest thing about AI is it's not going to take over your mind. I've actually become smarter, wiser, and more productive. So it actually saves you time. This is the first time in history where we actually get something that will actually add time to our life. And that's why we have to learn shift. I've spoken to someone some time ago and they said, oh my God, I wouldn't get involved in that because 
because it just takes over everything. No, this is what's going to build you. This is what's going to entice you. This is what's going to allow you to build yourself in a stronger, better way. It doesn't have control of you. You have control of you. Thank you. Wow. So before we cap it off, where can everybody find you, Glenda? Well, social media. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn as I am Glenda Kroll. And on um, Instagram, I am known as the wise woman's word because, of course, I'm getting wiser as, as I'm knocking down and I'm building up. And um, I have an email at info at Glenda Kroll. My last name is K-R-O-L-L. So info at Glenda it's been a pleasure to have you on this show, and I definitely hope that I can have you come back out for maybe a little less formal mm. podcast. Yes, uh, I love it. Maybe we'll reach out to Julia and see how she feels about that. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love to be involved. This has been a total honor, and thank you so very much for having me on to your show. Thank you very much. A wise person once told me, nobody likes a tip, so that's why we go deep. Go Deep. Go Deep. Go Deep. This is Go Deep Productions. Thank you for listening to Go Deep, the podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we give our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on all forms of social media. If you would like to reach out to the show, email us at GoDeepThePodcast at gmail.com. And remember, always go deep.